0: Welcome to another episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor with your host E. Van Der Vliet with his trusted canine Woody. Woody, how you doing? Woof. Woody's a dog, folks. He can't talk, but if he could talk, he would tell you to go over to the PBLpodcast.com, our website. You'll see all of our social media links there. You can engage with me on Twitter and watch my videos on TikTok. And of course, I know a lot of you don't want to get on tiktok because you don't want the chinese spying on you and who would want the chinese spying on you so i'll take that one for the team and you can see all of my tiktok videos on my youtube channel so the chinese can't watch what you're doing but but There's a caveat. You can click that YouTube link on my website, pblpodcast.com, and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That way you'll get all upcoming content. You'll get notices of all the upcoming content that's going to be happening. Thanks, Woody, for the call out on pblpodcast.com. All right, let's get into it. Yesterday, Biden read a speech. Then we've got some insight of Kenosha. And then on the second part of the show... I'm going to go over some recent polling, but let's talk about Biden's speech yesterday and, or the speech that he read because he didn't really give a speech. He read a speech. Now, if you watched it, and this was the most interesting thing about the speech, if you watched it, you watch Biden just read straight on. Normally, you know, they'll have the um, teleprompter screens left and right. So politicians can look left and right. It looks like they're talking to an audience. But in this case, Biden just read it straight on, almost verbatim. I say almost because he messed up, and I'm going to play that mess up here in a little bit. But the speech was trying to reset the narrative. Here's what's going on right now with the left and the media. But of course, I repeat myself, right? So what what is happening right now is you're seeing the left, the, the Democrats trying to attempt to rewrite the narrative And place blame of all of these protests and all these riots on Trump now what are they trying to rewrite well they're trying to rewrite the narrative that these protests are have all been peaceful they're now starting to recognize and they're starting to speak openly about the violence that has been happening we've we're seeing it in Kenosha right now we see it every night in Portland Oregon and we've seen violence happen throughout the country and the left, up until right now, have all always been saying these are peaceful protests. In fact, the mayor of Seattle called it the Summer of Love when they were setting up that Chaz Chop thing, where they literally took over like six to eight blocks of their very own city. But now you're seeing the left and the media, which I repeat myself, reframing the narrative to blame Trump for all of the violence. But why? Why are they doing this now? Well, I'll tell you why they're doing it now. Because on August 26 CNN, CNN host Don Lemon had an exchange with Chris Cuomo. You probably heard it. You've probably seen this, this exchange or heard about it. And it changed the narrative. It, 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 it's amazing to me that this exchange, again, this happened August 26, changed everything. I'm going to play it here in just a second. But think about this. At the DNC convention, convention, if you watched any of it, you didn't see them address the violence in these riots. You didn't see them talk about it at all but then all of a sudden you saw it at the rnc where they talked about it quite a bit in fact they were using it as a campaign tool to beat biden up they were basically saying that if you vote biden this is biden's america do you want biden's america now all of a sudden the left is starting to say wait a minute trump is the president this is his america now he owns these protests these riots all from this exchange the narrative changed the shift happened The left realized they were in trouble. Listen to this.
1: I do think that uh, this, what you said, was happening in Kenosha is a Rorschach test for the entire country. And I think this is a blind spot for Democrats. I think Democrats are ignoring this problem or hoping that it will go away and it's not going to go away. And so unless someone comes up with a solution over the next 73 days or 70 so, however many days, 68, like, 68 days, 68 days. So it's not gonna, the, the problem is not gonna be fixed by then. But what they can do, and I think maybe Joe Biden may be afraid to do it. I'm not sure, maybe he won't, maybe he is. He's gotta address it. He's gotta come out and talk about it. He's gotta do a speech like Barack Obama did about race. He's got to come out and tell people that he is going to deal with the issue of police reform in this country, and that what's happening now is happening under Donald Trump's watch, on Donald Trump's watch. And when he is the president, Kamala Harris is the vice president, then they will take care of this problem. But guess what? The rioting has to stop. Chris, as you know and I know, it's showing up in the polling. Mm -hmm. It's showing up in focus groups. It is the only thing, it is the only thing right now that is sticking. And the Democrats tonight stuck with that, right? And they also stuck with the theme that you said, the coronavirus. You got coronavirus and you have Kenosha.
0: There you have it. The Democrats are taking campaign advice from Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. It, it, It took... This to happen for the left to finally change how they view all these protests and finally acknowledge that they're violence. It didn't take that businesses were being burned down, it didn't take that it was destroying lives or neighborhoods. What it took was polling data. Polling data, by the way, that you or I haven't seen. Uh, So I don't know what polling that Don Lemon is referring to, but I'm sure their internal polls are starting to say. That people are associating this violence and the riots with the left, and they just can't have it. This is a media outlet, Don Lemon, CNN, that is actually telling the Democrats, you're screwing up, you got to do better, the polling's showing that you're starting to get blamed for this. <sighs> That's a news outlet that does that? They're helping. He, I mean, we know he's a leftist. He, I mean, he, he. It's not like Don Lemon hides it. I get that, but this is amazing to me. And this was on August 26th. So now you see the Democrats actually taking their advice. You see Biden starting to frame it like this: that this is this is Donald Trump's America. Well, listen to this. This is Kaylee uh, McEnany the White House press press agent. And listen to what she said at a recent presser. Now, well, I'll let her speak for herself, and then we'll talk about it
2: officers because they should be the ones out patrolling the streets. Yes. Thank you. Uh, What is the president's position on victims, families, businesses uh, as a result of these riots, suing Democrat run cities? Would he support them if they were to band together and do so? Um, I haven't spoken to him about that specifically, um, but certainly what you're seeing is it is Democrat cities uh, where you're seeing um, all of these numbers increase. When you look at I just noted to Yamiche Portland, Seattle, Philadelphia, Minneapolis, Chicago, New York City, these have all seen anywhere from a 33% spike in the murder rate to a 277% increase um, in one month alone in New York City. It's appalling. And it is Democrat governors and mayors and lawlessness that they're allowing to prevail. Uh, When federal forces come in, the situation changes. And it's so interesting to me uh, to see Democrats um, who once disparaged, who ignored the violence, I should say, all of a sudden caring about it, but let's not forget um, what they said previously, Speaker Nancy Pelosi downplaying the violence rocking U.S. cities, ignorantly saying people will do what they do. Uh, Jerry Nadler, when asked about Antifa, he said it, that, that was a myth that's being spread around Washington, D.C. It's not a myth. In fact, an Antifa individual took the life of an innocent Trump supporter in Portland. Um, you have Rep. Ayanna Ion, Pressley saying that she wanted unrest in the streets. Chris Cuomo saying she Show me where it says protesters are supposed to be peaceful. I'll give you an idea, Chris, it's the Constitution. Don Lemon saying, quote, The rioting has to stop, Chris, as you know, and I know it's showing up in the polls, it's showing up in the focus groups. It's the only thing right now that's sticking. So now all of a sudden, 90 days later, I from this podium have talked about law and order. The president has talked about law and order repeatedly, but because the polling has shifted, um, now it's time for the Democrats to deny what they said previously and all of a sudden focus on law and order. Um, I'll leave you with this. That's like the arsonist blaming.
0: And just boom. And she's so exactly right. The left have ignored it for over three months. And now all of a sudden the polling has shifted and now it's an issue for them. None of the lives that have been damaged by all this mattered, right? They even, as she said in the clip, that Jerry Nadler called it Tifa a myth that it was happening across the country. Now, now the left has to switch. Now, here's the key. This is the part that is going to bite the Democrats right in the ass is these are all leftist cities. And Trump has offered help, federal help, and they've rejected it. You've seen that in uh, Chicago, where all the violence was happening in Chicago, and Trump offered to send in help. And finally, the mayor, who I believe is one of the worst mayors in America, followed extremely close by Bill de Blasio. But anyway, uh, the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, saying that she didn't want Trump's people there. Uh, she then, when she finally acquiesced and allowed them to come in, she said, "We're going to keep a watch on them. They're going to do what we tell them to do, something along the lines like that." I'm paraphrasing, of course. But then you and you also have it in um, Portland, the the federal government. The Trump administration sent in federal agents to protect federal buildings, which is part of their job. We saw Bill Barr say that and explain that in a recent interview and at his hearings that he did up in Congress. That's their job to protect those buildings. And the the local officials there, uh, Mayor Wheeler, uh, thre- put levied fines on them for overstaying their, we- their uh, stay. They literally levied fines on them daily until they got out of there, and they didn't want them there. I think one of them even referred to some of the rhetoric that I saw from the left was that, you know, Trump parachuted in these agents, and they were they didn't use the phrase agents. So you've got all of this that has happened, and then Kenosha happens. And what happens in Kenosha? Well, again, another black man was shot by police. And it turns out, and it's looking more and more every day, that that was a justifiable shooting because this guy was a bad guy. He, he, the, he was caught, the police were called on him by his girlfriend that who, who he was there to harass. He's been char. he's had, he's got arrests for assault. He's got arrests for sexual assault. All kinds of stuff. And then he fights with the police on the ground. He gets up. They tase him. They tase him twice, I think, from what I've read. And then he gets in his car. He's holding a knife. They don't know what's going to happen because they don't know what he's grabbing for in his car. And they repeatedly command him to stop. And he doesn't. And then what happens? All these riots happen over a criminal. I mean, George Floyd. Hey, I mean. Whatever your thoughts are in the George Floyd case where you thought maybe that officer had his knee on his neck for too long, maybe. I'm I'm stepping away from uh, placing blame. Maybe it did. But because of the drugs in that man's system is why he died. If he didn't have all those drugs in his system, he probably wouldn't die, wouldn't have died. And this is another guy with a long rap sheet. This is another guy that has abuse against women. He held a gun to a pregnant woman's belly. He's a bad dude. Here in Atlanta, in the metropolitan area where I live, we had the Rayshard Brooks shootings. You had riots after that. And then we find out, wait a minute, another guy with a bunch of arrests, another guy with a long rap sheet. Our cities are burning because of criminals. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to ballot ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote in form. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address make sure that you vote and vote informed. So here's an article from PJ Media written by uh, Selena Zito, uh, why Kenosha riots could matter in November. From the article of all the riots that have gone unchecked in the country this summer, the one in Kenosha, Wisconsin might matter most with regard to the November presidential election. This is why. There's detail in this article why the media and the left are starting to wake up. The vivid imagery in the days following the police shooting of Jacob Blake shows a town in devastation. Rioters blocked traffic and they stole gasoline from a nearby gas station to start fires that took out numerous small businesses, car lots, an apartment building, an apartment building and a family dollar store. Other businesses that were not burned down nonetheless were looted and had their windows and doors smashed. It is a war zone. No one wants to live in a war zone. No one wants their children and grandchildren to live in a war zone. No one wants to own and run a business in a war zone. These are now, that's from the article. This is all imagery now that we see on TV. And we see it on TV on a regular basis. Well, here is where you're seeing a pivot. This is why Kenosha, is changing the directive or the, the the trajectory. Now, I believe Trump was on a path to win, and I think Kenosha is actually going to help him even more. Listen up. Uh, in the article, Wisconsin Rep. Brian Steele was on site immediately. The Republican who represents Wisconsin's first congressional district, which includes Kenosha, said the question he has heard from people on the scene in the aftermath of the wholesale destruction of the business district is, "Who is going to step up?" Just broadly speaking, people want to see public safety restored to the city of Kenosha, Steele said. In an interview with the Washington Examiner, I don't think they care if a Republican does it, a Democrat does it, if the man on the moon does it. They just want to see it done. They want to see leadership. Steele said that after two nights of rioting he was deeply concerned there were insufficient resources so he asked local officials and community members if they were open to receiving additional support from the federal government they said they were and he called the white house he says i called the president and he graciously gave me time to discuss what was playing out in kenosha and at my request he called the governor and offered additional resources explained Steele. what's next in this article is what's going to do the democrats in democrat governor tony evers rejected that offer Steele said the next night two people were shot and killed in the continuing mayhem Steele said evers was extended the white house offer again the next day and accepted it that is what's been happening for three months for three months the left has allowed their cities to burn for three months, the left could care less about the people in their own cities. It took Don Lemon having that one off with Chris Cuomo and talking about polling for this to actually be brought to the attention, for the left to actually bring this up, to actually acknowledge it, to actually say that maybe, just maybe, we should do something now. But you've seen this before. Again, President Trump offering help. In Chicago, President Trump offering help in uh, Seattle, offering help in Portland. And the left rejecting that help over and over and over. But now, now they're going, oh, crap, because the polling, the polling is what's bad. Yeah, and, and things are other things are changing, too. This from the article, a Markey Law School poll found that in Wisconsin in June, voters approved of the Black Lives Matters protest 61% to 36%. But by early August, 48% of people disapproved and 48% approved. That represents a net 25-point swing. And this poll was taken before the recent Kenosha rioting. There's part of that polling that don lemon was talking about now also again this is from the article this is why kenosha is a turning point kenosha county voted for both former president barack obama and president donald trump it went for republican scott walker for governor and then against him it went for republican senator ron johnson twice and for senator tammy baldwin it is the swingiest County in the swingiest 2020 state. It is the place Biden should have been immediately Tuesday morning calling for calm and order. It is the place that President Donald Trump delivered that type of leadership to the humanity to restore public safety now, not tomorrow, not next week, not next year. Now, said Johnson in an interview with the Washington Examiners. The Democrats are starting to realize that they're losing battlegrounds. Kenosha County is bordered by Lake Michigan to its east, where it retains its early Rust Belt roots thanks to the railroad and factories that lined it. Its western portion is rural. The center of the county is where it has seen the most growth in the past few years. So, Wisconsin, Kenosha, Wisconsin is a battleground county a ba- in a battleground state. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it, it it took the polling for the Democrats to realize that they're not taking care of their constituents. It, it uh, the the Democrat governor rejecting Trump's help, rejecting it. Here's what's going to happen, and and here's well, here's what potentially c- could happen. Um, let's say that the left are the ones controlling these riots. And what I mean by controlling the riots, somebody is paying people to go there and do this. They do, they're not happening in a vacuum. There, there are agitators that are dr- bust in, flown in, and they are paid. Yeah, you can call that a conspiracy theory all you want, but there are agitators that go in there and gin it up. Here's another article. Check this out. Also from PJ Media. Kenosha police report majority of people arrested not from Kenosha. Kenosha, Wisconsin police announced Sunday that they had arrested 175 people since the riots broke out on August 23rd. Of those, 102 or 60% were not from Kenosha. See that? People are being brought in. Agitators are being brought in. So this is controlled. So now that it's hurting the left, if it stops suddenly, that's going to help Trump. Because now what they're trying to do is they're trying to blame the violence on the left, right? Or on Trump, I'm sorry. They're trying to the left is trying to pin this around Trump's neck. This is Trump's America, they're saying he's the president right now. Well, if they stop the the violence, if they stop these agitators from going in and the violence stops, that just helps Trump. It it, it doesn't hurt him. And if the violence continues. The the left now will have to continue to try to wrap this around Trump's neck, and it won't work because they've rejected help from the federal government. That will come out. Even hardcore leftist media like CNN, MSNBC are going to eventually have to report that. And if they don't report it, it doesn't matter because most people aren't getting their their news source from them anyway, just the hardcore leftist base. They're just in a vacuum. They're going to believe anything they say anyway. But middle America, in the swingiest of swingiest states, will see this. And it'll help Trump. The left has completely backed themselves into a corner on these riots and all this violence that's going on around the country. They own it. It's on them. They're going to try to paint this, to back Trump in a corner on this but it's just not going to happen. And then you got Biden who goes to Pennsylvania. Now, finally, Biden goes out of the, gets out of the basement and actually goes to, it's not even a rally. So he goes and gives a speech in Western Pennsylvania yesterday, Monday. This is uh, I'm recording this on a Tuesday and he, he does not, give a speech to a crowd he gives a speech to a room full of reporters there's no crowd there and there's only about six or seven of them and they're pooled in in those giant circles that you've seen at some of his other ones and they're all social distance apart and he gave a speech he read a speech it was horrible i mean he he couldn't even get his speech right he couldn't even get uh, the words right um, and then he said this
3: "Out an agenda for economic recovery that will restore a sense of security for working families. We won't just build things back the way they were before. We're going to build them back better with good-paying jobs, building our nation's roads, bridges, solar arrays, windmills, with investments in our healthcare and childcare workers so they get the pay and dignity they deserve while easing the financial burdens on millions of families. With a clean energy strategy That is a place for the energy workers right here in Western Pennsylvania. I am not banning fracking. Let me say that again. I am not banning fracking, no matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. Uh,
0: uh, Really? Really, Joe? No matter how many times Donald Trump lies about you, you're not going to ban fracking? Okay. Well, then explain this. No more, no new fracking. We,
3: we are, we are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Well, like, what about say stopping fracking and stopping? Yeah. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in the Biden administration? No, we would, be, we would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. I guarantee I guarantee we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to block it. And- No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill. Period. Ends. Number one.
0: Three consecutive American presidents have enjoyed stints of explosive economic growth due to a boom in oil and natural gas production. As president, would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that
3: greener economy? The answer is yes. The answer is yes no more, no new
0: fracking. So there you go. Biden's own words, in his own words, he's going to ban fracking. But he says right there in the speech that he's not going to, which is it, Joe? Do you think he even remembers when he mentioned the fracking before that he was going to Ban the fracking, and I mean it, it's there's another part of the speech, and I don't have it queued up, but it, where he just he's incoherent. I mean he's literally incoherent, and and, it, it, and he's reading this speech, and he still can't get the words out. And what's really bizarre is how he ended the speech. He just basically, I mean, it's it's very dire, it's very glum, and uh, it it's like un. I just, it's just bizarre. Here, let's, let's see if I can find that, and I'll play that one for you real quick, and then I'll bring it up in a little bit. But he basically just – here it is. Listen to this. This is how Biden ended the speech. Wake up. Get to
3: work. There's so much more to be done. Thank you.
0: Those were reporters clapping, by the way. But if you watch the video, it even sounds more glum and dire than than listening to it. And this is Biden's, and his, this, this is his cognitive issues. He literally, the man cannot even read a speech without messing it up. And he cannot and does not take questions. He took no questions. That was a, the people clapping were from the press. Those were all reporters and he took zero questions from the reporters he just closed up his book and walked off it's going to get worse it's going to get much much worse and the democrats uh they have no they they have no clue how to fix this how to change it how to uh get this back on track here's the thing i'll leave this segment on this if biden had ran against trump in 2016, I believe he would have won the election. But they didn't want, they being the Obama administration, didn't want Biden to run because for whatever reason, they thought Hillary Clinton would be the standard bearer to carry on whatever it was that Obama legacy was. They believed they had a better candidate. And Hillary Clinton. And I couldn't believe when that election was going on that the Democrats put up such a horrible candidate. She had the highest negatives of any candidate prior. And I'm sitting here going, I cannot believe they put up such a horrible candidate. And here we are four years later, and I've got the same thought. I cannot believe they're putting up such a horrible candidate. Now, again, in 2016, Biden had more of his cognitive abilities. He would have won. He would have won against Trump. He could have won. But now there's just no way. All right. Thank you for listening to this part of the PBL podcast. In the next segment, we're going to get into some current polling and read some tea leaves. Again, thanks for listening to the PBL podcast.